Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's presidential joke day. Chad, what's Michelle Obama's favorite vegetable? I'm not going there. Broccoli. Get it? Broccoli. Okay, you're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Oppenheimer Cheeseman. And this is Chad Traveling Man Sowash. And on this week's show, Jim slashes, zip crashes, and we work more like we bankrupt. Am I right? <laughs> Let's do this. So bad. Nailed the intro. Yes. <laughs> Broccoli. Broccoli. That's a that's much better than the other <laughs> paths that I thought you were gonna go down. Vegetable uh, presidents. Yeah. Ooh, I, yeah. Didn't wanna... <laughs> oh, I didn't want to go too far back because I know our audience <laughs> audience doesn't have that, that much historical perspective. Yes. Uh, but yeah, yes. I thought I thought I nailed it. I no, thought it was no, good. That was good, good. Good entry to the show. Good entry. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yes. So, so traveling, man, you were in uh, Portland? I was in Vancouver, which is just north on the other side of the river, uh, Portland. So Washington. Never been to, to Vancouver before. It's a pretty cool little town. I, I, I liked it, right? Riverside area. R- really cool. Not Canada. Not Canada. There's another. There's a. There's a poser Vancouver in America. Apparently, <laughs> I did get to nice. see Tyler Weeks though. I had there was a Tyler Weeks sighting and dinnering. That was a good time. Dinnering. Yes. There was a dinnering with yes. Ty. Nice. That's right. Oh yeah. Nice. Was he wearing his Chad and Cheese T-shirt? He's got the classic. <laughs> he's got. He's got the OG T-shirts. Which is well, he, cool. I was going to say he does, but the one that he had that he wore on stage was the the, the new one with yep. uh, at the Isom's event. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, he's got a compliment, probably a full compliment of Chad and Cheese t shirts. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Keynote stage with Isom's. Uh, he's wearing a Chad and Cheese <laughs> Cheese t shirt. You know, we haven't talked about uh, the Barbenheimer phenom that okay. is going on. Have you have you seen either of these movies? Do you have any? No. So I've seen Oppenheimer. Okay. I liked it before I even went to it, right? It's it's World War II, it's yeah. science, it's politics, it's all these things. Uh, so I won't ruin it for you, but uh, I think – I haven't seen Barbie yet, but Oppenheimer I will I will definitely endorse. And I think there's a little bit of a work – Sure you haven't. Work spin on, on Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah? You know, part of it is Oppenheimer builds this bomb. Hopefully I'm yeah. not, you know, ruining it for everybody. Goes in the desert and they build this thing. So he recruits these scientists and he's got to retain these scientists. And so I think there's a little spin on, you know, your work workplace should have a mission statement that's bigger than yourself, right? <laughs> and in this case, it was building a bomb to end the war. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where one of the science says, why should I get involved with this? And Matt Damon's character, who's a general, says, how about because it's the most important fucking thing in the history of the world? So you got to have a mission <laughs> as an employer. Number two, you got to be worker focused, Chad. And Oppenheimer built a city within the desert with a church, brought all the families out. They had holiday you know, drinks. And so he made sure that the workers were as happy as possible, which is no small feat when you're when you when you're in the desert. And the third thing, yes. hopefully not spoiling it, is diversity. There's a diversity play in the movie Oppenheimer. Really? 
Oppenheimer's talking to Matt Damon's character and, and basically says the Germans are 18 months ahead of us in building a bomb. And Matt Damon says basically, well, what chance do we have to catch up? And his reply is anti-Semitism, which was an interesting answer. And Matt Damon says, what do you mean? He says, well, Hitler thinks that the bomb and, and, and atoms, splitting atoms is Jewish science, and he doesn't really focus on it or spend much time on it. Ow. Being embracing diversity, uh, uh-huh. had Hitler embraced diversity, we might all be speaking German. <laughs> but because he was a racist son of a bitch, we are where we are today. So those three things I thought were nice work related. I wanted to to highlight those for the show, Chad. That, that's very nice. I'm going to roll right into shout outs because I'm going to talk in, about movies myself. Shout out to AI movies. This is from the MIT Review. The Frost, which is a 12-minute movie in which... Every shot is generated by image-making AI. It's one of the most impressive and bizarre examples of this strange new genre. Mm -hmm. Waymark made The Frost to explore how generative AI could be built into its products. Why? Because the company makes video creation tools for businesses looking for a fast and cheap way to make commercials. Go figure. Mm -hmm. My critique, it's unnatural. It was very (laughs) creepy. It felt like a moving comic book, so it wasn't like fully animated, really. Um, it was it was incredibly interesting. But then I watched the behind-the-scenes video. Yes, 12 minutes and then another additional five minutes for research is what sure. it was. That, so that video really gave me some great insight on the world of prompt engineering. So let me get this right. Basically, videos that can be created on the fly that are meant to look as real as possible in the future. Do I have that right? Yes, yes. Movie making uh, through AI generation. Totally where we're going. And, and, and that's why we have this whole uh, actor strike and writer strike. Yeah. That's where the world's going. Like people will be able to make movies without actors in the near future. Now, the yeah. big stars, we said, will we'll still be okay. But yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird future and it's, uh, it's kind of a hit to creativity, I guess. But it is it is the future, and it's a nice bookend to the show. So keep listening, yes. kids. It might actually oh, make sense even more so uh, in the end. Well, I have a shout-out, too. Shout-out! All right, let's go to the Forbes Cloud 100, Chad. Forbes' eighth annual Cloud 100 list is the world's best private cloud computing companies. That's per Forbes, by the way, not me. Yes. And some companies in our space were actually featured. These companies include at number 88 of the 100 Personio out of Germany. We talk about them quite a bit on the European show. Number 55, another European darling. Hi, Bob comes in at number 55 and 54 right behind them is Rippling, who we talked about last week on the new ATS. Go check mm-hmm. that out. If you haven't, number 38 is deal. That's D double E L number 26 gusto and number 22, the highest rated company in our space in the Forbes Cloud 100 list is Checker. That's right. Number 22, Checker, came in the highest. Shout out to all those Cloud 100 companies in our space. Very nice. Very nice. My next shout out is to Mattel. And no, not for the Barbie movie. But Mattel, Mattel says it is conducting a nationwide job search for a chief Uno player. Uh, The Mm. toy company is hiring someone to promote the release of their new game, Uno Quattro. The chief Uno player will make $4,444 a week, get it, Quattro, for four (laughs) weeks to play Uno Quattro with strangers in New York City and create social media content featuring the new game. 
probably the best $17,776 Mattel will ever spend on marketing. So shout out to Mattel and Uno Quattro. Shout out. All right. Shout out to Uno Uno Quattro. Uh, little known fact, my six-year-old loves playing Uno. Just little. Just throw that out there. All right. My shout out goes to Career Builder. What show wouldn't be complete without Career Builder? So I got hit up on uh, on LinkedIn and somewhere in between the 382 uh, automated messages about congrats on my new job. Um, <laughs> this, this person who will remain anonymous commented uh, the following, quote, thought you might get a kick out of this crap. We have been a client since 2004. Just keep that in mind. Think they have outsourced their sales reps since all of their other reps have apparently been laid off and it seems like a recorded canned message. Yes, it has come to this. Career Builder has no one left to turn off the lights, end quote. And here is that outbound sales call. Enjoy. Hi, uh, good morning. My name is Sunny. I am calling from Career Builder job site. I was calling to connect with you, see if you would be interested in using Career Builder for your staffing needs. If you do, please call me on my direct line, which is 773-389-7523. Repeat, it's Sunny with Career Builder at 773-389-7523. Thank you. <laughs> Scripted much? The warmth I got from that that script Jesus. that he, that Sunny, Sunny read. Sonny. That was that was lovely. Career Builder, <laughs> it's been fun, man. Keep on giving that content gift Ooh, every Jeff week. Jeff Furman, all by himself. Who knows what the hell he's doing in that big leather chair right now? Well, if you've been laid off by Career Builder, and a lot of you out there have, uh, you might appreciate some free shit. Why yeah. not free shit from Chad and Cheese? Head out to chadcheese.com, click the free link. We're talking free t-shirts from our friends at JobGet, mm-hmm. free beer from Aspen Tech Labs, Ooh. and, geez, free bourbon. How can it get better oh, than that yes. from the folks yes. at TextKernel? And by the way, everybody wants to get out. The pandemic's over. Uh, our friends at Abode are giving away a $250 gift card to Airbnb. Go wherever the hell you want yeah. in style, thanks to our friends at Abode. Wouldn't happen to have birthdays, would you? Oh, it's funny you should ask. Oh, can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. By the way, I can feel this week is an extra cheese edition of the birthdays. That's right. All right, another Jesus, another year around the sun for a lot of our listeners, starting with Kevin Kirkpatrick, then we have Bill Peterson, Peter Samandel. Andrew Highland, Patrick Morgan, Jason Putnam, oh, Jason Sidon, Johnny Campbell, Carmen Hudson, Peter Clayton. What happened to that guy? Is he still around doing? He was the original like podcaster guy. Yeah. Right. And last on our list, but number one in our hearts, Abby Cheeseman celebrates a birthday. Yay! No relation. No relation to me, although she is married to a burly bearded man much like yours truly. So maybe there is some sort of a, a loose connection there. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Now it's time for events. Powered by Shaker Recruitment Marketing Kids. That's right. You see it. We are going to RecFest on September 13th in Nashville, where we are taking the disrupt stage all day to talk about recruiting and technology. And we're doing it with special guests, Alyn and Tracy from the Talent Rebelcast podcast and Canadians. No, God, please, no. Serge and Shelley from the uh, Recruitment Flex podcast. It's the first time, Wreckfest, 
in the U.S. It's in Nashville. Then we're going to be virtual. We haven't done one of these in a while, Cheeseman. GEMS 2023 Virtual Talent Summit is happening on September 20th, where you and I will be joined by EEOC Commissioner Sonderling, NYU Professor, PhD Mona Sloan, and Brie Bastidas, Head of Technical Talent at Scale AI. We're going to be talking about AI's ability to unlock recruiting efficiencies, the trials, tribulations, and reasons why or why not the recruitment community should embrace AI. Then, oh my God, HR Tech and Mandalay Bay in October. That's in Vegas. When the Expo Hall opens, kids, we are going to be spending two days in the Fuel 50 booth. And we like to really uh, extend our appreciation to Fuel 50 for allowing us to crash there while we drink, eat, probably make a mess, do some do some interviews mm-hmm. uh, and enjoy the HR Tech show. So if you are going to be at HR Tech, come see Chad and Cheese at the Fuel 50 booth. Then a few days later, Jesus, going to be on a flight to Paris, which yep. I love. One of the staples in our industry Unleash World in Paris. Have no clue what we're doing there yet, but we're going to be there. I'm sure there'll be interviews. There'll be VIP parties, all that other fun stuff. For all of these events, one place you need to go, chadcheese.com slash events, or just go to the website, click on events in the upper right-hand corner, and register, register, register. All right, all right, all right. Chad, word has it, this is a rumor, Cardboard Chad may make it at least one appearance, <laughs> at least one appearance in one of those shows. We'll, we'll just have to have to wait and see. Topics! Oh, boy, we haven't done one of these in a while. Layoffs. That's right. Layoffs. Oh, layoffs. boy, layoffs are back on the podcast. Here we go. Guppy, or Goopy, uh, South American <laughs> company. Laid off 8% of its workforce. That totals 58 people. Better up 16% or 100 people. Mm. And Jim, who you mentioned in our shout outs, uh, the CEO stated that 70 employees out of the 356 listed on LinkedIn were laid off. But Lisa Mm. Schiller, a senior solutions consultant at Jim, said the layoffs affected 40%. So the math is a little bit fuzzy on this one. Uh, We don't have a confirmation on what percentage 70 is, but um, that's bad news for a unicorn that has raised upwards of 100 million dollars chad any takeaways from the layoffs from this week playoffs reconfiguration kids that's what's going to continue to happen uh then again we're going to see more m&a more fire fire sales not saying that these guys are up for sale or anything like that but there's just a lot of turbulence in the market right now and that happens when you're flush with fucking cash for years. So this is something that was going to happen. We saw it was going to happen. Definitely, we're definitely feeling the uh, the ramifications or the repercussions for all that money. Yeah, if you can have a hangover from a pandemic, I'm not sure that you can. But uh, <laughs> this is sort of maybe the canary in the coal mine. Uh, we got a lot of unicorns yeah. from 2020 to 2022. Mm-hmm. These guys are one. If 
the deals, the remotes, the oysters, if they start talking about 40% chops and headcount, this is definitely a, a, a phase that is going to be ugly. And, and HR tech may be a little smaller uh, in booth size than last year. You might remember eight folds, yeah. 760 by 800 booth that they had uh, last year. But yeah, it's times are tough. Money's not free anymore. These valuations are, are going to hell. Uh, employees are getting getting cut. And just for me personally, I've probably know about five or six people in the last week in our industry mm-hmm. that have either left or been cut, uh, you know, been fired. Most of them pretty senior. Yeah, it's it's hitting people that I know personally. So it's tough out there. As things are at ZipRecruiter, Chad. Oh, shit. Let's get into our first story here. ZipRecruiter experienced <sighs> significant drops in Q2 to 23 revenue and paying advertisers, attributing the decline in their stock price to reduced hiring despite a strong U.S. job market. The company withdrew its previous full-year earnings guidance due to uncertain hiring trends, leading to a 10% share price drop. The company expects a 34% decline in revenue and projects adjusted EBITDA of around $40 million for the upcoming quarter. Chad, your take on the news out of ZipRecruiter. So I have three major problems with what uh, ZipRecruiter has been doing. So first and foremost, market penetration and expansion. Zip's inability to fully break into the enterprise market and then expand wallet share is a huge problem. Zip has been wallowing in the SMB market for far too long. Problem number two, they're being too fucking quiet on their press page. There are only two uh, press releases for 2023. We're in August. Two press releases. They're they're too quiet. Problem number three, it's the same old shit. When was the last time ZipRecruiter did anything to nudge the market with product? Can you remember when Zip upgraded, changed, or even introduced a new product? For hiring companies? I mean, their their chatbot, Phil, was so big. I, I feel like they could just coast for about a year on that Again, one. that that was a product for job seekers, not for, not for employers that employers had to buy. So here's a quick summary. Live by the job posting, die by the job posting. If all of Zip's eggs are in the job posting basket, how are they supposed to gain wallet share? Indeed is launching some really stupid shit, but hell, at least they're trying. So to me... It doesn't feel like Zip is even trying anymore. It's like they're laying down and they're ready to die. Oh, man. That's what happens when you have a headquarters in Santa Monica. The lure of the beach and the cool breeze just uh, <laughs> takes your eye off off the ball. Yeah, look, a couple of things to say on this. Every, st- every public company pretty much in our space right now is sideways or in the shitter. Uh, Zip is Zip is there. Dice is there. But you can go down to like Robert Half. You can go to Recruit Holdings. Veritone, uh, who we talk about a lot uh, getting in the space, their stock took a huge hit this past week. It wasn't necessarily the HR stuff, but people are hurting from a stock, stock value percentage or stock value uh, perspective in our industry. And if the stock market is a leading indicator of what the economy is going to do. So last October, about a year ago, the stock market took a shit. Uh, that was a leading indicator on what the economy was going to do. Well, the economy's job labor reports have been really strong, which has kind of helped keep things up. The Fed, as we know, continues to raise rates. They want to get employ- unemployment up. They want to get they want to cool the economy, get inflation down. So from what I can tell, like people are still employed, but these reports and what's coming out of the public companies in our space tell me that there's there's another canary in the coal mine 
is that companies aren't posting jobs. So they may not be firing. They may not be uh, laying off a lot of people, but they certainly don't look like they're hiring or replacing people that have left. And what's going on now, it might be a good thing in terms of the, the Fed will get their unemployment rate, uh, inflation will come down, interest rates will come down, and that will obviously spark another another phase of, of investment and money coming into the space. But I think this is a pretty glowing sign that things are going to get get pretty rocky towards the end of the year in terms of employment. We're going to see that employment rate go up. That is a prediction, Chad. And you know, you know what they say about my predictions. 60% of the time, it works every time. Focusing on Zip for a second. Zip Recruiter had a lock on the seasonal hourly segment. Mm-hmm. And when they went public, they decided that they were going to be everything to everybody. They were going to be AI, they were going to be enterprise, they were going to be global. None of those things have come to pass. They launched this crazy chatbot, Phil. So like, there was a time where if you wanted a job at a restaurant, you wanted a job at a convenience store, a dry cleaner, like you went to ZipRecruiter because that was, you saw the commercials, it was small business, it was like that segment of the population. They had a lock on that brand and they chucked it, threw it down the toilet and said, we're going to be everything to everybody. We're AI, we're we're, we're everything. Well, job seekers are now confused because wait a minute, ZipRecruiter used to be this place where I could get like a wait, a wait job, a waiter job. And then employers are confused because the bar owner down the street is like, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. So total confusion in the marketplace. They're nothing to nobody. Indeed is now taking their market share in terms of the SMBs. They launched their own ATS. So I think they're trying to get in that space. ZipRecruiter is in this no man's land where they had a lock on one brand. They threw that away. They can't be the enterprise thing. They should have just remained the hourly, seasonal, essential worker and grown that globally. They made a tremendous brand mistake, not on the level of of Elon uh, chucking Twitter for X, but in the same vein, (laughs) they took what they were in the market, tried to be something else, and I think they've totally failed, and I think the, the stock price... Uh, exemplifies that. So I think I think you're you're right in some areas. I mean, too, they they could have been SMB and and uh, enterprise at the same time. It's all about scale because there are enterprise companies that have essential workers. As a matter of fact, that should have been where they went. If we take a look at anybody who's doing high volume today, uh, they're focusing not just on SMBs. They're mainly moving up to 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 the enterprise side of the house. So they had an opportunity to stay who they were, right? Mm -hmm. In the high volume and the essential worker side of the house, work for SMBs and work for enterprise. Uh, This to me is a huge issue with regard to execution. The AI piece, that was all about how the tech worked. That that, Mm -hmm. that, to me really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than just the, 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 the rails that they're running on. The problem is they didn't get good enough penetration into the enterprise market where they can sell more goods and services, right? That's really, really where they needed to be. They could have done source and screen. There could have been a ton of different things that they could have done. But it just seems like they, as you'd said, they're kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. They could have laser focused uh, and then built that brand even into enterprise. But they just they just didn't do it. So they're failing miserably, which is it is hard to see, to be quite frank. Yeah. So I'm going I'm to go deep here for a second. Just the two. 
that? So let's let's go way back in time, kids. So I used to work for a company called eSpan. In the late 90s, eSpan was known as the, the, the developer's job board. It was techies before techies. It was dice before dice. Our competition was OCC, where Chad worked, Monster Board, Career Mosaic, and some others. But they were more general in nature. We were like tech. And we had a great brand with tech companies. We had a great brand with tech talent. Yeah. And then Gordon Gund and NAS came in and said, we're going to change the brand. We're going to be everything to everybody. Eastspan is gone. We're job options. We're everything to everybody. And we didn't have a big enough gun to take on Monster Board and some of the, the, the Super Bowl ads that were there at the time. And job seekers abandoned us. So they kind of left and went other places. Companies that were tech that loved us and used us well, the talent wasn't there anymore. They were confused about why we were doing it. They held us to a higher standard because now they're putting on their accounting jobs and everything, which we didn't do. So they weren't getting results there. It was a total mess. And, you know, long story short, a couple of years later, uh, we sold for pennies on the dollar and I'm unemployed a year after that as a mass layoff at the company. So I speak from some experience that pivoting in that way really fuck shit up. And I think ZipRecruiter <laughs> in some manner has done a similar pivot that has been probably a disaster for them. Much like. Much like another disaster. <laughs> That's right. Let's let's have some more tales of misery, shall we? No, God! <laughs> no, God, please, no! No! Uh, no! I know. No! All right. All right. So first up, say it ain't so after mass... Mass layoffs in the first half of 2023, Zoom makes jaws drop by requiring employees within 50 miles of an office to work in person for at least two days a week, marking a shift from previous flexibility. Imagine that, Zoom, flexible. Yeah, everybody was on Zoom calls back during the pandemic. Chad, your take on Zoom's RTO announcement. Holy irony, right? I think... Uh, I actually saw a uh, article last week where they were they were talking about companies actually going back to the office to be able to downsize instead of layoff. Right. So if you're forcing people back in and people want the autonomy where well, they're going to leave. Mm-hmm. So instead of laying off and then having severance and all that other fun stuff, then you don't have to do that as much. So I think this might be one of the, the reasons why Zoom is doing it. They want to pare down, uh, but they don't want to lay off um, because you've got uh, the, the bad optics and whatnot. Not that this isn't bad optics, but how many examples have we had or heard of employees going back to the office just to be on Zoom calls? <laughs> alone in an office on zoom calls yeah. yeah 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 but 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 i want i want to address you know an item that we've heard pop up in the press and on webinars and and economic circles that that item is productivity loss and associating it with remote work worker autonomy is not the reason companies are losing productivity let's say that again worker mm-hmm. autonomy is not the reason why companies are losing productivity, bad management, which leads to workers quitting. That churn leaves open positions. Those open positions uh, represent lost productivity and lost revenue. The remaining team members cover the open positions, the daily workloads. They are spread too thin for months on end. And after those workers have had enough, they leave, which exacerbates the problem. So if we treat workers like kids, they're going to leave. And then the cycle starts. This isn't, this is bad management. This is not treating your employees well, 
which makes them want to leave and productivity takes a shit. Has nothing to do with remote work. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Zoom is making employees come back to the office. Like the last company that should require people to come back is Zoom. (laughs) And they're making people come back to the office. I mean, to me, this is like a major nail in the coffin of remote work. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next year, but long term, you're right. This is the boiling of the frog. This is the, oh, 50 miles? Really? That's That's a distance. It had been like 30. Now it's yeah. it's almost double to 50 for most companies. So yeah, it's like it's a way to lay off people. Very convenient uh, that they don't want. It will eventually become four days a week and probably maybe four is all it comes, comes down to. But what's going to happen is people that do come back to the office, they're going to get promoted. They're going to be having, uh, you know, happy hour with with other coworkers. And you're going <laughs> to you're going to feel like guilty that you're not there. People will be there more often, uh, and eventually companies will get what they want like they always do. They'll get people back in the office. It's basically like the 80-20 rule, like everything else. There will be some startups, some companies that do have 100% remote, but for the most part, like our dreams of remote workforce have been dashed by the man. <laughs> The way that we were raised as Xers by boomers, we were made to feel guilty if we weren't in early and we didn't yeah. leave after, right? This, these new generations are not that way. So I think they're not going to feel guilty. And if they don't get promoted, but yet they're living the lifestyle that they want to live, they won't give a fuck. I think I think there's a major change in the give a fuck and there just isn't much of a give a fuck anymore, which I think is great because people need to live their fucking lives instead of sit in a goddamn cubicle all day or on the train trying to fucking commute. Yeah, I think I think the jury's out on some of that with young people. I have seen surveys like some young people that live in a studio apartment want to get into an office. Now, is it a cubicle or is it like an open space? You know, whatever. But some young young people want to get out. They want to hang out with other young people after work they want to like be mentored by old people like us it's it's kind of crazy but uh anyway zoom is out of the remote work business <laughs> it's very sad well from one uh former pandemic darling to another let's go to WeWork. Ah. WeWork's second quarter earnings report costs quote substantial doubt on its survival due to losses and departing clients despite plans to enhance liquidity and profitability the co-working giant stock plummeted almost 40 percent this week underscoring its tumultuous journey from high valuation to potential collapse. Chad, we work to we out of business. Your take. How is we work not fucking killing the game right now? I mean, all of this real estate that, that's open, WeWork should actually take the position as the middle ground by driving hybrid and more flexible options for work. They just need to get into some big brands involved from a national and also global scale. I, it, to me, this is a go-to-market issue uh, where they're not really seeing the forest for the trees. I, this, to me, just blows my fucking brain. If they were going to work, yep. it should work right now. If it's not working right now, they just need to fucking eject. Yeah. It's kind of like a trucking company that goes out of business when <laughs> trucking is like more popular than ever. Who did yes. we talk about? Uh, yellow. <laughs> yellow trucking. Yes. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I get that they... They signed leases on these properties, but you know, co- commercial real estate owners were more than flexible to like keep you in the keep you in the office, keep you in the yeah. space, keep you keep you occupied. This is either like 
awful management. Like you said, go to market. I mean, they somebody should have called Airbnb and said, "Hey, let's let's do like a work Airbnb collaboration. Something you can re- like or or Verbo. There's there had to be some sort of platform that they could get in there. Yeah, I don't know if this was the weight of just the business and the expectations, the investment money, but this is a total disaster. You're right. This is like, if anybody should be successful right now, it's it's the WeWorks of the world. Yeah. But here we are talking about their demise and somebody will pick this up on pennies on the dollar and hopefully bring in some good management, some cost efficiencies and launch this thing back. Rises from the, the inferno uh, like the Phoenix, but only time will tell what happens there. Let's take a quick break and talk about chips, not the Southern California police force from the 70s. <laughs> this would be a great place for that for that opening intro for chips. Yeah, that would be. That would <laughs> Eric be. Estrada. Remember the takeoff chimps? They like made a joke and the, the, <laughs> the chimpanzees were on the on the yes, on the uh, motorcycle. The anyway, all right, yeah. all right. Let's talk about uh, chips. Uh, yes. A labor okay. a labor shortage is slowing U.S. semiconductor companies' efforts to fill critical positions with hiring taking twice as long as in other sectors. The industry's struggle to find skilled labor could hinder President Biden's push to boost the domestic chip industry and create jobs with projections of 115,000 new jobs by 2030. The sector faces challenges in finding candidates with science, technology, and engineering backgrounds. Wait, wait, government didn't think this through. I'm shocked. Chad, what are your thoughts on a lack of talent in the chip sector in the U.S.? Is it the government's responsibility to make sure that we have all those people ready for those jobs? Sounds like big government you're looking for. Here's an excerpt from the Fortune article that just stuck with me. So chip makers have long sounded the alarm. U.S. doesn't have enough job candidates, right? So my brain automatically went to high school sports. Some of the biggest sports brands like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and others, they equip high schools and athletes with uniforms, cleats, they buy scoreboards, sometimes outfit the entire court, field, or stadium. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Why aren't companies like Intel, AMD, NVIDIA, and many others equipping middle schools, high school classrooms, and labs? Why aren't they deep inside of communities, schools, community colleges, selling the dream of engineering. Why aren't they doing this? This is not a government problem. These companies need to be focused on what they need to make and drive revenue. Why aren't they fucking doing this? They should be doing it and should have been doing it. The, the, the problem is we have a challenge now. We have a China problem now. We have like <laughs> global economic issues today. And we should have been thinking about this 20 years ago, 10 years ago, at least. Uh, Obviously, nobody was. Now, Taiwan, as most people know, is the breadbasket of the semiconductor chip business. And companies are actually relocating Taiwanese workers into Montana and North Dakota and some of these other places where these chip factories are being established. So we've got to go poach from other countries. Longer term, we should definitely be talking about uh, stability in this in this industry. Colleges should, should be pounding the table. There should be some maybe subsidies for people who get these degrees or at least instant jobs by companies saying, hey, go get this degree uh, and do that. Now, what we've additionally done, 
I don't know if you caught this or not. Uh, this past week, the Biden administration announced a $345 million weapons package to go to Taiwan, uh, the first tranche in a total of $1 billion the U.S. has allotted to be transferred directly from the Pentagon stockpiles to the island this year. So the reaction to not having enough talent is also let's arm up Taiwan to make sure that Taiwan remains a stable uh. Uh, supplier of chips in the ne- in the near future because if yeah. China takes takes the real estate then it's game over. Yes. So like, let's ship some weapons and like, let's let's fortify uh, Taiwan. So hopefully long term, we're thinking about uh, the talent to, to, to do these jobs in the future. But for now, it looks like let's poach from Taiwan and other places and let's uh, let's fortify Taiwan to keep China at bay. So Intel said they're going to spend $17.7 million in Ohio, which is where one of these manufacturing facilities mm-hmm. are going. Intel's revenue is $63 billion a year. So that's 0.03% of Intel's annual revenues. That's not an investment. That's fucking crumbs. Talent is the only thing that will make those revenue numbers grow. And talent acquisition, listen up. TA pros, you need to stiffen your fucking spine. See, this is an opportunity to talk about driving revenue through building real talent pipelines and not bullshit photo ops. That's what this is. They're pledging like a million dollars to like 15 different universities in Ohio. Yeah. It's fucking photo op. That's crumbs. That's not enough. You need to have an investment and you need to get into those communities ASAP. Yeah. Not to mention TA, TA folk. It's taking forever for people to get through your application process. I remember talking to a Lynn Bailey when she was at Intel Mm -hmm. and she was like, well, you know, a part of it was funding. I mean, you have to re streamline your process with the market, right? They don't have the cash. You need to go back to the business Mm -hmm. with your need and show them that if we don't get these these positions filled, we're not going to make the cash. By the way, the, the stories about fraud and misuse of funds that the government is giving these companies is just is just starting. It's just just kind of a bummer. All right, Chad, AI is still mm. in the news. Imagine that. We got a lot of headlines. I'm going to read through some of them and you're going to give me your take on what stood out to you the most. Let's start with TechCrunch writing an article entitled The Future of AI's Video, and it's coming at us fast. The story outlined what a mess the 2024 election is going to be. HR Executive Magazine wrote a story entitled Seven AI Considerations HR Leaders Need to Think About Today, featuring Chad and Cheese superfan Andrea Wade enforcing the importance of humans being in the process. Hacker News says Zoom's AI can now train its AI with user content but you can't opt out of the process. Sorry about that. Reuters asks whether AI will be a blessing or a curse for the economy. People are beating the shit and molesting Uber Eats automated food delivery bots. And here's Chad's favorite. Elon Musk now owns AI.com. Chad, what stood out most to you this week in AI news? So when Domino's, I think, were they were the first uh, companies that actually said they're going to have these AI delivery bots. Mm-hmm. I- I called it back then. I think it was even Walmart with the ones that were in the aisles. The janitors. People were going to start (laughs) taking fucking ball bats to these things. They're going to flip them over. They're going to do whatever they could to fuck with these things. Now we're saying that's exactly what's happening. Whether they like AI robots or not doesn't matter. 
people are fucking stupid. Just the way it is. One of the the really cool, I'm going to paraphrase items in one of the articles is is that they they likened AI to dynamite. And dynamite is either used to blow a hole in a mountain to create streamlined infrastructure or as a weapon. But there are regulations around dynamite, right? And there's not regulations around AI. You can't download it on your computer. Yeah. And the biggest issue here that I see is shareholder capitalism. Its focus is completely on reward and not risks. It's a move fast, generate revenue and break society model. The internet was created by the U.S. government with our tax dollars. And yet companies like Amazon, who leverage the internet with e-commerce sales and AWS, skirt taxes. Create billionaires like Jeff Bezos, who build super yachts and launch penis rockets, but they're not building a strong middle class and paying it back. Our biggest issue that we're having right now is that we are not moving fast enough on the regulatory side of the house to ensure that we have the guardrails in place. But we need to move. We can't allow, uh, let's say, for instance, a um, a six-month pause to happen. We just can't do that. We can't allow other countries to get ahead of us. So we need guardrails. We need them quick. The Elon Musk thing. <laughs> this to me is the funniest thing ever. I believe we're experiencing one of the most public ADHD moments in world history. As we watch Elon Musk play with Twitter, now X, get into generative AI game, uh, propose you know, dick measuring contests with Zuck, <laughs> and then getting fined by federal government for not complying with federal subpoenas. He is all over the place. One, Probably one of the smartest guys in the world today, right? Hate him, hate him, hate him. But he is all over the place. This is a squirrel moment for for Elon Musk. That escalated quickly. All right, we didn't have this in the notes, but the the octagon Zuckerberg versus Musk fight on on X. Like, would you watch that for free? Oh well, yeah, definitely would. At what at what price point would you pay to see it live? Oh, I would. It would be free somewhere. I'd be able to get it somewhere. <laughs> I hope this happens. Because those assholes would make money off of it, and oh. I'm not paying them. Well, they said it's going to charity for veterans. Oh, no, fuck you know, I mean, that They're is, full of to shit. me, that is, if that happens, that is peak douchebag for tech. That is like, it's only downhill from here. So I'm glad you brought up uh, Zuckerberg, because I had forgotten about the, the <laughs> Octagon match. Oh, my God, dude. These poor Uber Eats. I call them like mobile coolers. Oh, God. I mean, thank God for TikTok. I've talked like for an end to TikTok, but this makes TikTok worthwhile. <laughs> the, what the homeless and just the riffraff and knuckleheads are doing to these coolers is almost pornographic. Uh, I, like how these are built is, I guess it's closed and you have a QR code or something with your phone and yeah. then you can open it and get your sandwich and like you're done. Well, people are like, fuck it. I'm hungry. They like open the thing. This alarm goes off, which nobody cares about. It's like, whoop, whoop. And they just, they're like eating the sandwich while the alarm is going off. People are like riding these things in the streets. I don't know how they're steering them, but it's, it's so bizarre. I don't know what the future is of these things. I don't know if it's just like, it's going to be only in really high rent districts where people aren't going to do stuff. If there's, are they going to criminalize this where, you know, face recognition and they turn you into the cop? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I like the idea of my Chipotle rolling up on the driveway, <laughs> but I don't know if there's a future for these like mobile coolers of food. I think the 
the TechCrunch article about video and, and, the, and the campaign is even scarier than when I first commented about this uh, a week or so ago. Creepy as fuck, What man. we're going to see out of like deep fakes of Putin and Xi and overseas and what's in the election, like yeah. no one's going to know what's real, what's fake. There's no government regulation anywhere. There's there's no like tech guardrails that I see anywhere. It's going to be the Wild West this election. And God help us if like democracy breaks and we fall into the abyss, because if it's going to happen, it's probably going to happen in 2024. The the, the, the seven considerations wow. of HR leaders shows me like HR knows nothing about what's coming. Like there's just, it was like such it was sort of like an SEO article from 05 about like how to write a title <laughs> tag. And that was going to save your website. So anyway. This show has been a total bummer, and this didn't help it at all for the most part. AI is crazy. People are crazy. And mixing the two together is a recipe for disaster. But after the break, we've got something that's going to be even more creepy, but fun. What are you doing, Stepbro? <laughs> all right, Chad. I don't know if this is good news or bad news. Uh, you decide, listener. All right. Mila, or is it Mila? We'll call her Mila. Mila Sophia says she's a 24-year-old robot girl living in Helsinki, but she's actually an AI-generated influencer with a substantial following on Twitter and TikTok. She has almost 60,000 followers on Instagram, despite being entirely virtual or fake. Her photos attract likes and admiration from thousands, tens of thousands of fans oblivious to her non-existence. She posts pictures portraying various roles, from a bikini-clad model to, get this, a construction worker. Her digital existence raises so many questions for me, Chad. What do you got on Mila Sophia? Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, nerdy white dudes are creating, you know, hot chicks on the internet and making money off them. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we've totally come full circle on this podcast. We started off with talking about AI-generated movies. All I can say is it's surreal. Uh, in 1855, P.T. Martum said, there's mm -hmm. a sucker born every minute. And with AI and deep fakes and clones, it's going to be very hard to distinguish between all of us who are the suckers and who aren't. So, Chad, you and I have been debating an Instagram presence for a while. I think this is our shot. I think we do a, a, a virtual <laughs> Chad and Cheese. Maybe we're, we're horseback, uh, you know, on sunset on the beach. Maybe we're we're in shop class or doing some some crafts shop at, at uh, Ooh, Hobby Lobby. We do the, I, the, I mean, ghost, the ghost molding it, of the clay. It, it's to, thing, it's yeah. totally open. We, we can do whatever the hell we want. So. So one of my favorite movies, uh, particularly from the 80s, is Risky Business. Yes. And in Risky Business, Tom Cruise's friend, uh, Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, but yes. that's a different movie. Uh, Chad knows what I'm talking about. Most of our mm -hmm. listeners probably do, too. Booger gets him a hooker that wasn't what Tom expected. Let's put it that way. So the hooker that shows up realizes that Tom doesn't isn't into her. So she gives him the name of a woman named Lana. And her quote is... I'm going to give you a number, Joel. That's one of the reasons why it's my favorite movie. His character's name is Joel. But anyway, so she says, Joel, I want you to call Lana. Uh -huh. It's what you want. It's what every white boy off the lake wants, which is one of the great lines of, of 80s movie uh, nostalgia. So here's my here's my takeaway from this. Only fans is done. Not tomorrow, not next week, but eventually. Digital girls are starting to look like the real thing. They're, they're starting to talk like the real thing. And with the right apparatus, Chad, they will do everything every dude on the planet wants, just like Lana. 
It'll be a subscription model for all the kinky, freaky, illegal in 28 state shit that all of our demented listeners want in a woman, even if it's not real. We out. out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell, enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.